It's time to check in on the latest Matt Williamson mock draft. I believe it's 3.0 already for this draft season. It is. Most yeah. free agency. How have things changed? Coming up on this episode of Peacock and Williamson. NFL analyst Brian Peacock and former NFL scout Matt Williamson bring you expert NFL analysis every day in less than 30 minutes. Get an inside look into the NFL on the field and in the front office. Elite breakdowns, next level analysis, and in depth information only for the real NFL fans. This is Peacock and Williamson, and it starts now. Welcome to the Peacock and Williamson NFL show. Brian Peacock alongside Matt Williamson at BD Peacock at Williamson NFL. Thanks everybody for making us your first listen here on the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Real quick before we get going here with your latest mock draft, Matt, post free agency. Uh, does the league consider the forfeited Miami Dolphins pick? First of all, how frustrating is it for Miami Dolphins fans who had two first rounders at one point now have right. first round picks and they're like, oh, first, oh, mock draft, cool. Oh, wait, we don't have any picks. <laughs> over in the 49ers, they don't have any first or second round picks. So I'm like scouring the internet for three round mock drafts just to finally see a pick for the 49ers to talk about on our podcast. But um, does the league consider the pick at 21 that – the Miami Dolphins forfeited. They do they consider that a, a selection that is twenty one that is forfeited? Then they go to twenty two, or is that is the twenty mm. second pick now the twenty first pick? Because speaking of those 49ers, they pick at ninety nine. Is it really the ninety eighth pick? Because that counting, I don't know. That's a good question. As forfeited, so maybe is every there team one the, less pick in the draft, or yeah, right, 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 right. So maybe every team in the NFL drafts their their team actually picks one spot sooner you traded up one extra spot than you think it is by what number it is next year you pick after pick 20 yeah and that i don't know but um it must be grueling on you you know in particular or the dolphins or the rams or whomever that don't pick for so long i mean just my personal experience if you go look at drafthistory.com for the steelers every year of my life that i what that i paid attention to the Steelers, they always had a first round pick never traded never traded and then Minka, they traded it, you know, so it's like, wow, I don't know what to do with myself after 40 years of having a pick, you know, right in a row. It's so amazing. It's bad if you're not it's, one of them, folks. What's funny is you, it, it's so hard to know. The draft is already unpredictable. We'll talk about the first round here and how unpredictable the first pick is even for us right now. But yeah. when you get down into the third round, it's remember last season when the New England Patriots made the surprising selection of Cole Strange, the, the small school guard at the end of round one and Sean McVay and uh, Les Snead of the Rams were doing a live stream because they knew they didn't have a pick until the third round. They're like, man, we can cross him off our list. He was the guy we were hoping to maybe get there in the third round, and he went in the yeah, first yeah. round. So, like, <laughs> how agonizing is that to see your, your board just get blown up so early on and you, you don't get the pick until uh, very late in the draft after everyone's picked a couple of times. But anyways, moving on to the first pick in the NFL. Before we draft. do, there's just one little note about this draft. Yeah. I think I've said this before, but just to be clear, and it's a little more obvious when you actually do the mock yourself. I think there's about a dozen guys that I'm sure are going to be first round picks, maybe 15. That number's lower than it usually is. But after that, there might be 40, 45, whose name, if you read any mock and go, oh, he's a first round pick. I can understand that. You know, like usually that number's 45 for 32 spots. Now it feels like it's 60 for 31. Yeah, and usually, you know, I think generally around 20 guys most teams have on average as first-round grades. Might be a little lower than that this year, but Mm -hmm. there's a lot of players to like throughout the top 50, so the difference between 20 and 50 might not be that much this year. Exactly. I mean, I always bring it back to the Steelers. The Steelers have 17, 32, 
And I'm not sure there's much difference at all. <laughs> and they have 49, yeah. you know, they're all about the same. All right. So let me know when we hit that threshold in the first round of your mock draft here. And how did you decide the first pick for the Carolina Panthers? Uh, I think Stroud's going to be the pick. Now, I mean, I've heard mixed reports. They like Young. They like Stroud. They're not sure. Maybe there's a little Niners, Mac Jones, Lance going on even. I just think the more I've watched Stroud, the more impressed I am with him, the fewer questions I have with him. I think he's my quarterback one. I think he's their quarterback one. The McCown stuff adds up. You know, Reich has always had a 6'4 or taller quarterback, and Stroud doesn't quite meet that threshold, but he's not little. Um, you know, and people criticize Stroud for not running enough, but if you watch him, he uses his feet very well to set up throws. I mean, I mean, he's a, a very good player. I like him more and more the more I watch him. Well, I, I never understood the running thing, and yeah. clearly it, he showed against Georgia in uh, in the college football playoff that he can use it, so it's there and usable. But I would much rather got, have a guy who doesn't use his legs enough to run than he uses his legs as a crutch and can't perform from the pocket. So right, I, right. in a lot of ways, C.J. Stroud is just the simplest pick because – you know, he's not an outlier size-wise. He's got a good arm. He's very accurate. He fits the size profile. He was super productive. So it, there's, it's harder to, right. to poke holes in C.J. Stroud than any of the other top quarterbacks. Immediately, I mean, my first uh, impact or first thing to look at him in this draft when I was just getting exposed to it many moons ago, I was like, boy, Ohio State quarterbacks, I don't trust them. But you can't help a scout. You know, I mean, I'm not going to hold that against them. Yeah, scouting the helmet would be the biggest thing against him. And to be yeah. honest with you, I would personally hold a little bit against Ohio State quarterbacks and Alabama quarterbacks just right, because right. of what we've seen in the past. And they play up their whole lifetime. They play up because of the talent on your football team. And we saw Mac Jones. Maybe he wasn't worth the pick he was used at. And mm -hmm. uh, Tua, he was n not going to be the top five pick in a draft, most likely if it, if it happened again, right? In, in that same right, class. Right. And because they have so much talent on the field and Ohio State's the same and he's got another couple of stud first round wide receivers he's throwing to C.J. Stroud. So, you know, there it's never going to be perfect. It's never going to be easy. But as far as this class goes, it feels like C.J. Stroud is easiest. And it's really wild how the entire mock drafting world went from Bryce Young as the number one quarterback to C.J. Stroud the moment the Panthers traded up. So maybe <laughs> that is a little odd, yeah. yeah. But Stroud also has a little more momentum, too. I mean, his best game or at least his best scouting game was against Georgia. And yes. then he had a great combine. And meanwhile, Bryce Young's just kind of hung out. Well, he is a pro day coming up too. So, I mean, a lot of this is media driven, but of course I have Young going two to the Texans. I mean, he's not slipping far. I did think that it was going to be really shocking to me that an NFL team would spend all it would take to trade up to number one, to draft such an outlier size wise, mm -hmm. like Bryce Young. And there's a lot to like with Bryce Young, but I just, it would be a hard sell. I think to be like, Hey, we're going to spend three first round picks, give up our best receiver, all this stuff to go up and draft a five ten quarterback. Yeah. And sometimes I look at these things like you're applying for a loan and in a way you are to your owner. Like right. I walk into a bank saying, here's my business plan. I'm going to give you, I'm, I'm going to invest, I'm going to risk all this stuff. Give me a couple million dollars so I can get to Williamson Inc. up and running. And they're like, okay, well, what are you going to buy with that? Uh, this quarterback that fits no profile that's ever worked in the history of the NFL. I don't know if you're getting that loan, Mr. Williamson, you know. I'm going to open a donut shop. Oh, what makes your donut shop unique? Well, the donuts are only this big. They're like four centimeters around. <laughs> like, oh, right. an outlier. I don't know if that's going to work. And they're made out of carrots. <laughs> 
I'd be shocked if that honestly exists somewhere. <laughs> Probably does. Right, right, right. Here's what I think from the Texans' standpoint about this pick now at number two is they want to fall in love with the guy who's going to be there at two. Mm-hmm. So if they spend all this time, they better really love Stroud or really love Bryce Young. And if they fall in love with the other one and the other one they fall in love with is the one that the Panthers take at one, I wonder how they feel about it. Like, did they love yeah, Bryce yeah. Young all along? And then maybe the Panthers do take Bryce Young. And they're like, oh, we, we like Stroud, but we loved Young. So they, they don't want to fall in love with the guy who's not there. So I wonder if they'll talk themselves into both of them, just knowing one of them is going to be there. Love it. Why'd you have to win that last game? You know? Yeah. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> exactly. Uh, that moves us to number three with the Arizona Cardinals after Stroud and Bryce Young are off the board one, two. Will Anderson, ho-hum, kind of boring. Um, I wonder if people are going to try to, you know, maybe the Raiders will try to get the three. I wasn't allowed to do a, 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 a trade in this one. So I, I think that's a pencil I'm in. Jalen Carter has some off the field. So give me the safe Will Anderson pick, you know. And remind the listeners where they can go find the the text version of this mock draft. That, oh, Steelers.com. You couldn't, uh, the reason why you couldn't do a trade is because this was for a, a publication as well. Yeah, this is for the Steelers official website. This is for Steelers.com. And there's a video. There's three of us that do them. And we all compare each other's and do a video and all that. So that's where you'll find. Pick number four, Indianapolis Colts. Not moving up and sitting there with a couple of quarterbacks. So maybe they go another direction and shock the world a little bit. What do you think? I didn't. I, I, I kept it pretty chalky here in the top you know, five, six, seven-ish. And have them go in Anthony Richardson. I mean, they they grab, you know, the Eagles offensive coordinator. Obviously, they know stylistically how to use such a quarterback. Minshew comes over, like, just just run it back with a big, strong, athletic dude. And you can live with Minshew for, you know, the, the first year if you even had to. It's It just really feels like it's setting up this yeah. way for a quarterback. You draft Gardner Minshew, who's not going to get in the way of a quarterback, but can start some games for you. He's the perfect stopgap, low-dollar starter. Uh, can be your backup, your number two. has been around the league a little bit. And with Steichen already there doing the same thing with another athletic quarterback and seeing the development under Steichen for Jalen Hurts, uh, you know, Anthony Rich- Richardson starts to feel like a pretty good pick here. And if you're going to go Will Levis, he's raw enough and has enough work to do. Might as well got, go with the guy and swing for the fences that, that has even more raw tools than Levis, and that's Anthony Richardson. Yeah, that was my thoughts too. I mean, again, it's kind of chalky, not real exciting, but it's just I think that goes that way. And he fits the size profile. Uh, Chris Ballard loves big, strong quarterbacks. And that's one of the reasons why I was like, I, I just don't see them tra- trading up for Bryce Young. Anthony Richardson absolutely fits the size profile for Chris Ballard. Yeah, absolutely. And then Jalen Carter to the Seattle Seahawks at five. So I've been told by pretty good sources I trust that Carter is going to go somewhere five to ten. And all five of those te- those teams, Seattle, Detroit, Vegas, Atlanta, Bears, Eagles, would all be very interested. Um, and I just think if you're going to get the best player in the draft, your coach is, what, 70-some years old? Maybe he, you know, I would consider quarterback here if I was Seattle. I would consider quarterback with the next pick, you know, with those first of two first-rounders. But I think, you know, Pete Carroll says, give me the best player in the draft. I'm not going to be doing this much longer. Let's go. They've got the quarterback. Draymond Jones, you know. Yeah, they, they could definitely take quarterback, and I don't think the the way it's structured with the Geno Smith contract that quarterback should be out of the equation for them if the right guy is there for them. Would that be Will Levis in this situation? I don't know. And yeah, mm-hmm. I think this talk 
top five is going to be pretty chalky. I think this is a, a very likely top five if you were to try to put money on it here in March post free agency with these five picks. And, you know, Jalen Carter, this is where it gets serious with Jalen Carter because if the Seahawks do pass on him after Will Anderson's off the board, after some of the top quarterbacks are on the board, then you know there's something there with red flags. And the Seahawks haven't been really the team that was is – the most likely team out there I would consider to pass on a player because right. of red flags. They've been uh, they've been a team that's, that's willing to take some chances there. So if he gets past the Seahawks, I think that says a lot about Jalen Carter. And I'm not going to disagree with you sources, Matt, but it is lying season as well. So oh, of course, of course. I don't think teams are done with their background. That's why I kind of call it lying season because I don't think teams really have that thing finished yet. I think Carter's probably in a holding pattern on teams' boards right now where they don't know whether to take him off, move him into another category, or just keep him right where they have him with their grade as one of the top players in the draft. I would be shocked if he takes a visit to all five of those teams I mentioned, though. You know, they spend the day with them. Absolutely. And, and yeah, certainly yeah. the Detroit Lions could be one of those here at sure. pick number six in the first round. We'll find out who that player is next. I think after these top five, this is where the draft starts to get very serious, especially now that we've seen some new free agent homes for some NFL veterans around the league, including in Detroit. Today's episode of Peacock and Williamson is brought to you by FanDuel, America's number one sports book. The NCAA tourney heating up, and now is the perfect time to download FanDuel because new customers get a no-sweat first bet up to $1,000. That's bonus bets back if your first bet doesn't win. Just download the FanDuel Sportsbook app. It's safe, secure. Love the app. Love the website. Super easy to navigate and use. Find your bets. Build your own bets. Then you can bet on everything from the tournament, money lines, point scores, threes drained, NBA basketball. There is NFL draft props, which I always love. My favorite thing to bet on sports-wise every single year to go along with the tournament. Uh, that's why I love the springtime Major League Baseball getting going. Just have my fantasy baseball draft. That'll be going all summer long every day. So uh, FanDuel also lets you combine your bets for a bigger chance, a better chance at a bigger payout with same-game parlays. So don't miss the chance to get your no-sweat first bet up to $1,000 in bonus bets when you go to FanDuel.com slash locked on. That's FanDuel.com slash locked on to learn more. Make every moment more with FanDuel, an official sports betting partner of the NBA. Pick number six now of the Detroit Lions. They've done a lot of work in the secondary. Uh, the chalky pick has been Christian Gonzalez, maybe Witherspoon yeah. with a corner at number six because clearly a need going into the offseason. Now that they've added multiple players to their secondary, how has that changed the outlook for you, Matt, when you are projecting a player to the Detroit Lions at number six? Yeah, I think I put a corner there the first two go rounds, but I think that's off the table now. Um, I considered Tyree Wilson as an you know a, a bookend to Hutchinson, but I thought maybe the smart big picture move is just take the quarterback, let him sit. You got two first round picks. You've added a lot to your team. Just take a value position, and maybe you get a ten year starter. So I gave him Will Levis. They're in a perfect opportunity. The Lions are to sit a quarterback yeah. and, and develop that guy and, and really make things. Um, brighter um, higher upside for the future Detroit Lions to build this thing long term two first round picks when we originally did our first projecting and mock drafts I thought man Anthony Richardson at 18 to the Detroit Lions is a great fit for me mm -hmm. and I just don't think Anthony Richardson is going to sniff 18 anymore <laughs> although I don't know like we thought this in past drafts before and you see quarterbacks fall Malik Willis and Matt Corral and everybody Last year that wasn't named Kenny Pickett fell out of the first round and even out of the second round in 2021. I thought there was no way in heck that Justin Fields and Mac Jones would get past eight, and nine, and they got to 11 
and 15 respectively. So maybe the maybe after number two, maybe the Colts don't love the other quarterbacks. Maybe the Lions don't love the other quarterbacks. Maybe those Quite quarterbacks possible. could fall if there's good enough players at other positions that that teams like more. But all four quarterbacks now off the board, all of the stud, both those two stud defenders and Will Anderson and Jalen Carter now off the board for the Las Vegas Raiders at number seven. Yeah, and maybe they would be happy to take Levis if he gets to seven. But I gave them Wilson. Uh, again, a bookend for Max Crosby. Their defense needs an awful lot. And I think that'd be a good place to start. Five, six, seven. Great spots for teams that wanted to sit a quarterback with veteran mm-hmm. starters that could be usurped at some point in the next you know, calendar year or two. Yep. Yeah, I agree. Tyree Wilson's an interesting one for me because he he – He's this year's version of what we saw last year with Walker, who all of a sudden ended up at pick number one. And in the end, I think probably people out there shouldn't be shocked just because of his wingspan. His like he is exactly what NFL GMs and evaluators want to see in a defensive end product uh, prospect. And he was really uh, his production was really good as well. Had some injuries there. And so the sack numbers might not be wowing, Mm -hmm. but, you know, he he, tape is good, though. Yeah, he's a really good player. I would I would put his tape well behind Will Anderson and um, and Jalen Carter in this class, but I know how teams operate, and, and there's a lot of projection involved here. We saw a player go all the way up to number one, and Tyree Wilson might not be a worse prospect than Walker was last year. So yeah, right. I really think that you know at least among the top three non quarterbacks off the board, and, and you can pretty much. Uh, you can pretty much pencil that in right now with Tyree Wilson. And you've got him going seven here to the Raiders, which brings us to the Atlanta Falcons at eight. Yeah, and maybe they would jump on Wilson as well. I, I think this is a defensive pick. So I gave them Christian Gonzalez, who I think is the most talented corner in this draft. Put him opposite A.J. Terrell, and you start to have some identity on defense. Looking at the corners, Devin Witherspoon, I just have a hard time. He's going to be going that high and into the top 10 because, you know, he's 180 pounds. And this yeah, skinny. it doesn't happen. I don't know if I saved it, but I saw some numbers about outliers at the cornerback position. You had to go back to, I think it was 2006 to find a corner that light that was drafted mm. that high. And um, I think the, the last two times it's happened where, where a corner was under 181 pounds, which is where Witherspoon – uh, and there's some other really uh, no, Banks ooh. is like 165. 166, I think. Oh, yeah, yeah, right, right, right. And he looks right. it. His ankles are this big. And, and that's really hard, as good as his tape is. Like, uh, that's not going to fly for some teams. They're not They're not going to touch you at all, let alone that right. high. So really I mean, interesting. Tackle Nick Chubb once in a while. You know I mean? Yeah. <laughs> and you can get muscled for the ball in the NFL like you don't yeah. in, in college. And uh, I love the tape for Witherspoon. I think it's the best tape out there. But Me too. We talked about it with C.J. Stroud, and that's sort of my point here with Christian Gonzalez being the top corner in this class. He just checks more boxes, and, and he's yeah. a really good prospect in his own right. So Exactly. CB1, Christian Gonzalez. Agreed. Chicago Bears, after trading from one all the way down to number nine, I really like this pick, Matt, with Paris Johnson of Ohio State, and I want to hear your thoughts on why you had uh, him specifically against the other offensive tackles in this class, but I just went and watched some offensive tackles in the last – 24, 48 hours. And I think I settled in on Paris Johnson is the top guy too, because of his length, because of his size, but his movement ability. And he's just got a more power element. He he can lean on players because of his size. And Skaronsky such a technician and turns guys so easily in, in the run game. And, um, but you do see some stuff on tape where it's like he's just not as physically impressive as someone like Paris Johnson. So when you're projecting right. and you want someone who can be a blindside guy, length, 
uh, athleticism. He, he's the whole package. I think I, I think I do like Paris Johnson a little bit more than Skaronsky and Broderick Jones, even though they are both good prospects too. Yeah, he's a little more prototypical, and everything you said, I just you know, ditto. I 100% agree. Seems like an ideal guy to match with another Ohio State guy, Justin Fields. Keep his make his life a little bit easier. You know, pretty happy moving from one to nine and getting what you hope is a franchise left tackle. Yeah, put him a left tackle. You put him right tackle if you want uh, yeah. for a year. If if you like what's going on, uh, you know, with your with your left tackle, or you just want to see with uh, their fifth round steal of a pick last year, move him to the right side. So you can do a lot if you're the bears and looking at their free agent picture, they've left themselves open to a offensive tackle here, which is clearly something where need is going to start mm-hmm. to meet value. And they'll probably have their pick of at least the top two or probably the top offensive lineman in this class at number nine, which they still need. Or if someone like um, Tyree Wilson is still there or yeah. if, Jalen Carter is still there. They're, they're still wide open to, to draft any of those guys. 100%. And I even considered Witherspoon. Just keep him in Illinois. You know, I mean, they'll get a, a top yeah. defensive guy or their their pick of a – or maybe not their pick, but a premier offensive tackle. So that's a good place to start. Uh, what direction do you like for the Philadelphia Eagles at 10, the first of their two first-round picks? This one, I, not that I regret it. I, I gave them Miles Murphy. I mean, when in doubt, give them a defensive lineman. And I turned this in three or four days ago for the Steelers. And not that I've soured on Murphy in the last two or three days, but I just get the feeling he might go middle of the first round, not 10, 11, 12 neighborhood. This is where it starts to get difficult because yeah, right, right. And this is why I like your first nine picks, because I think that's a very, it's harder to poke holes in, in those prospects and, and teams are going to teams are, the problem with mock drafts is mock drafters go need where teams don't as much post free mm-hmm. agency. They want to hit their needs in free agency. They're going to draft the guy who's highest on their board. And, and it's the, the more holes you can poke through a guy is production. Not there is, you know, is he, is he only 181 pounds? You know, you, you can start to poke holes in guys. And, and the further you go down the list, the more holes there are, are to poke in some of these prospects. And so that's why it starts to get difficult. But uh, at 10, it's, it's really hard to project anybody else unless someone falls out of that top group that we just talked about. Yeah. The first go round, I had Witherspoon going, but they kept both corners. So I've said, they always draft defensive lineman. He's my yeah. favorite one on the board. You know, I will say sneaky offensive line could potentially be a pick just because of some of the age yeah. and losing some players along their offensive line. Maybe, maybe at pick 10, uh, you know, and, and they love to go line. So I wouldn't be shocked at all if the Eagles go Murphy, any defensive lineman, or really any offensive lineman here. Spoiler at 30, I gave the Eagles an offensive lineman. Well, there you go. Yeah. You, or, you know, they, they lost a lot of pieces. They, they, they could yeah, go, right. uh, they could go DB as well. How about the Titans at 11? They need a lot. I mean, they could have their choice of receivers here. I gave him Skaronsky because I think there's so many holes on their own line that if he's not a left tackle, well, he'll fill another hole, you know? You think uh, quarterbacks out of the equation for the Titans here? Because I think just they have too many knees that no. trading up doesn't really make sense anymore. But if, if Will Levis falls, would you do that? Or do you think they just need to go? fix the rest of their roster first and just not worry about quarterback as much this offseason. I'll be honest. I mean, I think they're not that their roster is the worst in the league, but where it stands with the quarterback and what they, their assets are and you know, who their best players are as a running back. And uh, I think they could go any direction. And in terms of just what I have to work with, this would be one of my least favorite GM jobs. Cause I think they have their hands full. And with quarterback, they did draft Malik Willis last year, who was, as you said, a year away from being a year away. Yeah. Well, now he's only a year away. So maybe <laughs> maybe. Right. that next step from Malik Willis this year. 
maybe. I mean, at least you want to see more, you know, yeah. but, and Tannehill's there, but I mean, how long is that going to last? You know, like, I, yeah, again, I think they need everything. So, give them a project, so why, why draft another project if right. a project quarterback does fall to you at 11? Anyway. Houston Texans, their second selection in round number one. I know your boy D'Amico Ryans is a build, you know, from the D-line back, but I don't think Witherspoon could fall much further than this. And you give him Stingley and Witherspoon, you know, two first-round picks back-to-back years, I think that's a pretty good building block for the defense. Absolutely. And they've done a lot of work on the offensive line in free agency. Yeah, so yeah. I think that need definitely off of their list. And, look, Devin Witherspoon's a really good player, maybe the best player available at this point. And if you're mm-hmm. okay with the size, then you turn in that card. Yeah, I think so. Uh, next, we've got the New York Jets, New England Patriots, Green Bay Packers, and the rest of Matt Williamson's mock draft round one post-free agency. Talked about how it is tourney time. Well, guess what? It is built bar March Madness as well. The built March Madness bracket is back. We know you have a favorite bar or puff. I know I do. And now's your time to make it count. Go to builtmarchmadness.com to vote for your favorites. I know I'll be voting for the peanut butter bar. Uh, if you have a favorite bar, a favorite puff, then you can make that known. And when you do vote for your favorite bar or puff at builtmarchmadness.com, you'll be entered into a drawing where 50 lucky locked on listeners will get a free box of built. And not only that, one locked on listener will get a 12 month subscription to built and have built best bars or puffs delivered monthly straight to your door. You got to try built built is the best protein bar ever. Seriously. So amazing. I don't know how they pack all that flavor into a low sugar, low calorie, high protein bar, but, uh, and they're so good. You won't realize they are actually good for you as well. And most built bars covered in 100% real chocolate. So Run to BuiltMarchMadness.com right now to vote for your favorite bar or puff and pick up a box while you're there. You can vote every day in March, so hop in and support your pick. We are to pick 13, Matt, and the New York Jets going with uh, the third offensive lineman in this class, Broderick Jones. Yeah, and maybe Green Bay ends up with this pick. Who knows? But, I mean, that's still in limbo, of course. Um I can't see the top three tackles falling much further than this. Uh, I, I, New England picks 14. I think that's the floor for them. I think they're, oh, man, that we almost thought we had our guy, you know, and, and the Jets grab him. I don't know what to think of a Kai Becton at this point of his career, but you can put Jones on either side. He's played guard. Just throw him on that line. Yeah, and if this is the Packers, they might make the same pick too. Right, so right. I, I like Jones here. I like the value. And if Skaronsky and – Paris Johnson are off the board. It's a really easy selection because there's a lot to like with Broderick Jones. Yeah. I think he's more raw. Skaronsky's sort of the high floor, low ceiling pick, and maybe he ends up at guard. Paris Johnson's got all the length and size in the world, and uh, it's really easy to project him as a as starting offensive tackle in the NFL. Broderick, Broderick Jones might even be the highest upside of the three, but a little bit more raw, a little bit more to work with, and the younger of the three prospects, but still a lot to like. Maybe yeah. less plug and play than the other two, though. Maybe Becton gets traded. It seems like he's fallen out of favor there. Although I, I will say, Makai Becton put some photos on social media recently. Oh, did he? Lost a bunch of weight. So it looks like oh, he's at least going to have the, you know, and it happens every year with half of every football team in the NFL. But best shape of his life, Makai Becton, so coming your way this summer. Oh, Jerome Bettis, best shape of his life. Still looks like a 265 pound bully <laughs> ball to me, but we always make that joke around here. Yeah. Uh, let's, uh, let's move, move this rapid fire so we can finish this up with the, the rest of the first round of this mock draft. And, uh, you got the new England Patriots going Jordan Addison, wide receiver at 14, the Packers with 
another wide receiver, Jackson Smith and Jigba to uh, the Packers at pick 15. How do you differentiate between those two wide receivers? I just think the Patriots added, gave up a slot, added a slot, and Addison's a more of a big play guy, you know, where Smith and the Jigba is a chain mover. I think they needed a little more big play potential and would have preferred a tackle where the Packers have Christian Watson. I think they'd gladly take Smith and Jigba, who would be their slot in a very difficult, or di- different type receiver than the, their best asset there now. I like it. I, I totally agree. The, the great fit there with uh, Jackson Smith and Jigba with Green I love him. Yeah, I think he's really good from last year. Uh, 16 Washington Commanders, cornerback Joey Porter Jr. from Penn State. Your Pittsburgh Steelers with Brian Brze, defensive tackle from Clemson. And at 18, Detroit Lions' second selection in this draft, Lucas Van Ness, a defensive end from Iowa. I've even seen Lucas Van Ness go as high as number six to the yeah. Detroit Lions. And so really nice fit there. Could move around, especially when you go to those, you know, those NASCAR packages and you can even move him in and rush him from the inside with some of the other young talent they have on the defensive line. Yeah, I, I like that fit a lot for the Lions. I mean, Pat, putting Van Ness with Hutchinson makes all the sense in the world, move them all over the place. The the commanders have a good pass rush. Porter can be that press man guy. And I look at Brisset and think, you know, boy, he put put him next to Cam Hayward and Larry Ogunjobi, and you got some real talent in the middle of that defense. Was it hard for you not to just let Broderick Jones maybe slide a few more picks to the Steelers at 17? And trust me, everyone mocks Joey Porter Jr. The Steelers, who was one pick there. Yeah. Did you? Did that's another one running joke around here? Do you know that's Joey Porter's kid and played for yeah. the Steelers? Yeah, I'm aware. Yeah, thanks. Tampa Bay Buccaneers, the slide for I don't know if it's a slide necessarily. You don't. It's hard. I don't to know what to do. Check where a running back is going to go, but Bijan Robinson here going to the Tampa Bay Buccaneers at 19. And my thoughts are that Bijan Robinson goes in that area that we were talking about earlier, Matt. When the quote unquote first round grades are done, and you're sitting there looking at the board and it's like, well, this is just another tier of player. Now we've got Bijan Robinson up here in this other tier. And there's no other players from that tier that are available. So let's just pick the best player. And I think that might be where we see Bijan go at the second half of, of round one. Uh, where did your tier end for you with those players you said that had sort of first roundish grades? Uh, I would probably say the top 16. Well, I think Van Ness is probably almost guaranteed to get in the first round. Brisset, I've seen go every which way. Yeah. Bijan, I would bet, goes in the first round. I, I figured he'd give me a hard time. I didn't know what to do with him. So I gave him the bucks and just thought, if you're really rebuilding this thing and blowing it up, I mean, you would not want to invest in a running back now. But I, I, I wanted to put him somewhere in this neighborhood, and they don't have much at the position as we speak. Yeah, <laughs> it's it's too high for me. Yeah. For a few reasons, but it's hard to project. So I can't fault you too much, especially when you get to that portion of, of round one. So I totally get it there. Mm-hmm. Here's a guy with some serious helium. Nolan Smith, Edge from Georgia, had an awesome combine. Apparently his his uh, interviews went great as well. Uh, he's not afraid to do the dirty work, even though he's sort of an undersized speed rusher. You would think, oh, he's terrible against the run. He, he actually might be better against the run than he is as a as a pass rusher, despite his speed. I think he's got a lot of work, which is why I think he might get overdrafted because I don't think he plays to what his workout numbers are. But, man, it seems like impossible he gets out of the first round now. Yeah, and this might be his floor. I, I mean, I, I, there was a couple times I put him in, almost put him in at like 12, 13. I mean, I, there's a lot to like. And some people think he might be an off-the-ball linebacker as well. Not, I mean, not Micah Parsons, but do both things like Parsons. Especially if you have a multiple front. I could absolutely. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, that is Nolan Smith, Georgia Edge, to the Seattle Seahawks at pick 20. Pick 21, Darn, Darnell Wright, offensive tackle out of Tennessee. 
to the Los Angeles Chargers. At pick 22, Baltimore Ravens select Quentin Johnson, wide receiver from TCU. Minnesota Vikings, Deontay Banks, corner from Maryland at 23. And the Jacksonville Jaguars, Cam Smith, corner from South Carolina at 24. Back-to-back-to-back DBs here at 23, 24, 25, Matt, with the New York Giants going Brian Branch out of Alabama. So um, I want to talk about the three DBs. How did you Mm -hmm. decide between those DBs and those teams? I think Deontay Banks has an awful lot of helium, too, and this might be his floor. I think he's established himself pretty much locked in as a top-four corner. Minnesota wants to play a lot of man with Brian Flores. Jacksonville's always been a tough one for me. I, I don't know what to do with them, to be very honest. The first go-around, I gave them a tight end. Um, it never seems to add up where it's a slam dunk for them. I, I almost gave them Branch, who's the next pick. And I did give the Giants Branch just because, in case people aren't aware, I mean, Wake Martindale's defense plays with more defensive backs on the field than any team in the league. I mean, lots of dime, lots of seven DBs. And he can do, like, all of the above. So he would never leave the field for him. Brian Branch is probably my player right now who's really good, but his combine rough. speed wasn't great. And when you look at what he projects to, free agency told us that the league doesn't value uh, sort of the slot safety type of defensive back as much right, as right. you would expect. And he's not a freak. He's not like in the Minka, Derwin James, and those guys even fell in their draft. Right. Derwin James went like pick 17 or something. And he was a freak of nature across the board. So Brian Branch, I, I don't know what his over-under is, uh, with draft props right now, but I might take the under on Branch, not because he's not a good player, but I just think there there are other directions that teams will go, and Branch could fall to a little bit, which means he's going to end up going late round one to a really good team, and everyone's going to be like, how did everybody pass on this great player? Right, and right. everyone's so team that's already a playoff team got him to add to their secondary. And he'll go to the Pro Bowl and be like, remember when he didn't have a good combine and we cared about that? you know? And, but he doesn't look like Hamilton out of Notre Dame that went to Baltimore that you know is yes. going high. You know what I mean? Like He slipped too, even though he was yeah, a freak. Exactly. Good point. By the way, how about Brian Branch to the Philadelphia Eagles to replace Chauncey Gardner-Johnson? Perfect, yeah. Maybe that's his floor. Maybe he goes to 30, you know. Jalen Hyatt, speedy wide receiver to the Dallas Cowboys here. This is before Um, the Cooks trade, by the way, so my my condolences. You think that's enough to to scare them off? Maybe they go – Maybe not. Dalton Kincaid tied in out of Utah as the next pick, and with Dalton Schultz now leaving a free agency from the Dallas Cowboys, maybe maybe they start to – they 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 are the first team to get that stretch of tight ends going, and we start to see a run starting at twenty six of tight ends. Yeah, I think that's possible. Uh, and the way I have this going is Hyatt to Dallas, Kincaid to Buffalo, and then Mayer to the Bengals, who lost Hayden Hurst. And there, you know, there's going to be another tight end that goes in this this mock. So maybe Dallas does grab them now to kind of complete the the offense or best defensive player available. Almost just give me your best D lineman of you know maybe the Northwestern kid or you know. Uh, the dude out of Georgia Tech, White, you know, and some of those guys. They go a lot of directions when I think about it. Those three tight ends, is that how you have them ranked? Or was there a certain uh, no certain fit that you liked? So you have at 27, to end the first round, you have a 27, Dalton Kincaid out of Utah to the Buffalo Bills. Mm-hmm. At 28, the next pick, Cincinnati Bengals going Michael Mayer out of Notre Dame. And then at 31, to end the first round, the Kansas City Chiefs, Luke Musgrave out of Oregon State. Yeah, I actually did a video for today. Uh, those three, as well as the big fellow Washington from Georgia, are just what flavor ice cream do you like? You know, I mean, to me, you can put those four in a bag, shuffle them up, whatever order you like. My favorite is Musgrave, but I just think the Bills need a receiver. I would love to have given them a wide out here. Kincaid's the best pure receiver. 
the Bengals, if you remember, I mean, they brought their system from the Rams and that the Rams system wants a guy that can block. I mean, he just doesn't want a pure Evan Ingram type receiver. Mayer is a true two-way, do-it-all type of guy. And I just was too psyched about Musgrave teaming with Kelsey, learning from Kelsey. I mean, as much two and three tight end stuff as they did, giving them another young, highly talented weapon who's my favorite tight end, I thought was too good to pass up. Yeah, some guy that can hit the seam on the opposite side and just really stress the middle of the field for those defenses. Yep, absolutely. And in between those three tight ends, 29 New Orleans Saints selecting Keon White, defensive end from Georgia Tech. And at 30, the Philadelphia Eagles going with uh, the offensive lineman you teased earlier. This is the guard out of Florida, Osiris Torrance. Yeah, and Beef Jurgens is going to be the guard this year. But the way they're designed is for a super athletic center flanked by 350-pound guards, you know, so... I think they want to get back to that formula when Jurgens filled, you know, takes over the Kelsey role and Torrance would be that huge guard flanking him. And the Saints have a type up front too. I mean, they want Cameron Jordans, they want Davenport's, they want 270 pound ends that can kick inside, and maybe Keon White's their next Cam Jordan. And that's the other thing to remember when you are drafting need wise for teams in, in your draft projections and your mock drafts, you might look at next year's needs more so even right. than the current right now needs. And, and that's what this pick is for the Philadelphia Eagles because Jurgens uh, deserves to start now in year two. And they probably were a little bit surprised and, and didn't know if if Kelsey was going to be back. But even when he is gone, this is the last year of his career, one year deal, you know, mm-hmm. pretty much know that he's going to retire after this season. Jurgens goes back to center and, you know, maybe Torrance doesn't even start as a rookie, but a lot of rookies don't start. It's hard. It's, it's hard even at pick 30 to say, this guy's 100% going to start for my team. And then you, you know, then you have a year two Torrance year three Jurgens, and you're, yeah. you're rolling on your offensive line. And, the and they're just keeping a strength of strength. You know, it's worked so well. Why would we mess with it? There you go. That is Matt Williamson's post-free agency mock draft. What did he get right? Let me know at BD Peacock on Twitter. What did he get wrong? Let Matt know at Williamson NFL. Let us know in the YouTube comments as well. And make sure you're subscribed up to the brand new Peacock and Williamson YouTube channel as well. Matt and I back tomorrow with your questions at BD Peacock at Williamson NFL on Twitter. Right here, Peacock and Williamson.